Hello friends, it's time to drop the needle on another episode of Supersonic Chat. This is the music podcast full of debate, jousts, thought experiments, and we do it all in the name of our entertainment and yours. My name is Adrian Warhope. And I'm Leon Leroux. Adrian is the keeper of the questions, the crafter of the conundrums for this, our super and sonically minded chat. What provocative treats have you planned for us today, my good man? Leon, in our day, in the 90s, Soundgarden was everywhere. Oh, yes. Radio, music video shows, headlining festivals. They were on the cover of print magazines and street press. Oh, those were the days. Those were the days. Once again, we are faced in the situation now where people in our lives might look at us and say, what's a Soundgarden? (laughs) And our challenge today (laughs) is to answer that question. Not with musical elitism or snobbery, you know, like yeah. tut-tutting our, our tongues at them, you know. Yeah. Well, oh, what do you mean you don't you know, know what Soundgarden is? I, like, I slap you with my gloves, sir. You, you call yourself a, a music fan? How dare I you? challenge you to a duel. <laughs> so we don't, we don't fire up with the, the snobbery and elitism. No. Um, and we don't follow the path of, right, here we go, 60 minutes 120 minutes of in-depth sound garden analysis on why they are so important. No. Yep, no. Nah. That's not going to turn anyone onto it. No. Our challenge is to serve up a sound garden tasting plate to summarize this band that we love. Yeah. In only 5 songs. Dude, you you must be frothing about this episode. This has kept me up at night. <laughs> in a good way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a good Just way. Dreaming about the songs and putting them, running them through your mind and going, the, the is cogs, this the best one? The cogs turning. Yeah. Just because, well, this is not my, I will preface this by saying these are not my personal favourite Soundgarden yep. songs. Yep, indeed. Indeed, I would not even call these the five best Soundgarden songs. Well, well, well. In that maybe they're linked, like, I don't think they're the best. I think there are better ones. Yep, yep. Well, I've got a bit of a confession to make. Okay. Um, Although um, I would put Soundgarden right up there with my top bands of all time, I've only really deeply connected with three of the five albums. Whoa, okay. We should start because... And so there's going to be a bunch of bias in my my picks. I... Think we are on the same page because well let me let me jump in because Soundgarden birthed in Seattle in the late eighties you know and I've I, I've described them as thus you know when the the tectonic plates built along the the genre fault lines of metal Ooh. punk and Ooh. hard rock butt up against each other in a earthquake shattering earth moving event you know the slipping and shifting of those tectonic plates crunch upwards and form a spectacular monument called Soundgarden. Oh, man. And and maybe demolishing a little something-something that sort of you didn't need along the way. The earthquake exactly. sh- sh- knocks something down and pushes up a beautiful organic monument called Soundgarden. You got it. Those man, hair metal bands image. of the 80s, gone. Just slipped great to the image. side. And, and Soundgarden can be their career... Um, can be sort of broken down into three distinct phases. There's the early portion, which is their indie yeah. years. They put out. It's, they start in the early '80s up until about '89. They put out two EPs and yep. they put out a record called Ultra Mega OK on an indie label called SST, which yeah. is 
A label so that cool. is not a title. <laughs> yeah. Ultra mega okay. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, ultra mega. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It should just be ultra mega. But SST also put out the replacements and, and they're not like a metal or a, or a hard rock kind of label necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. Then comes their golden period, which I get the feeling we're going to talk about today, which mm-hmm. ran from 1990 to 1996, and mm-hmm. then in this era they become global superstars on the back of these era-defining records like, in particular, Bad Motor Finger and Super Unknown, yep. but yep. Louder Than Love before and then Down on the Upside after. And then yep. part three, they went on a 14-year hiatus and then they reunite and they come into their last phase, which is kind of like their legacy era, which runs yeah. sort of from 2010 up to – Chris Cornell's untimely passing in 2017. Mm-hmm. And they put out a record called King Animal, which was pretty good, and some retrospective live albums and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that, that sort of later era was was it was good. I've listened to it quite a bit, but yeah. it, it and it's really enjoyable, but it just didn't cut deep like the other ones really just it was just implanted itself into my mind. The songs later stand in the shadows of the songs in the golden period. Yeah, Even the early true. songs are intimations of what's going to come after. And you, I just kept yeah, coming true. back to the golden period to say, okay, yeah. some of these early songs I like are actually superseded by the songs they stand in the shadows of. So, <laughs> well, I've I've chosen I've chosen only from three albums. That can I confess? I have only chosen from two albums. From two. Yeah, I nearly did that, and then I went, no, no, I want to include another one. This is what I've. This is what I was. There's two things I was struggling with: the fact that we pick from two albums that I only pick from two albums. But here's the question I want to open with: Mm. their most ubiquitous song is "Black Hole Sun." Yeah, it's the most well known. Yep, it's a song that I stopped listening to for a long period of time because it was everywhere, and I just couldn't hear it another time. Yep. Do you include Black Hole Sun on this list? Nope. Ooh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I did not include it. I'm going to get right into it. My first one and the one that I would play to somebody, the very first thing I would play to them yep. is Spoon Man. Yeah, yeah, yes. You know, absolutely. Why? Let me why? tell you why. Yeah. Well, let me so first say these guys really love their portmanteaus. Explain. Right? Think about well, spook me. You know, portmanteau being uh, two words that you sort of slam together to make a new word. Yep. Like they're called Sound Garden, which is yeah. one word. Super unknown. Spoon Man. Yeah. Bad motor. Bad motor finger is a three barrel one. Yeah. <laughs> Outshined. Right. All yeah. these things are, are. They're all portmanteaus. These dudes do it all the time. Yeah. I they love their that. wordplay. You know. Yes. Anyway, Interesting. Yeah. I, I, I got slightly diverted there. But what Spoonman does is it, it hooks you immediately, like from the very first second with that riff. It's such a cool riff. And the way it interplays with the drums and the pop, pop, pop right at the end there. Oh. Yeah. Man, it's just, it's just what makes you get moving, you yeah. know? And. The, you know, with uh, Chris Cornell going, mm, oh, yeah. and yes. you're like getting, you're getting charged up going, oh, hello, hello. And then 
as soon as the lyrics start, you get this call and response and you think you're into it, but no, back to the groove, baby. Yeah. You know, and it's back to the groove. You're like, whoa, man, we're still going with this. It reminds me, and it, I'm going to keep coming back to this because I've mentioned this before, but it feels like Black Dog by Led Zeppelin. Hey, hey, mama said the way you move going to make you sweat, going to make you groove. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yes. It starts with this, hey, hey, mama, and then it just, yes. bah, 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 bah. and then there's like this guitar and a little bit of a little tasting of vocals and then back to guitar again. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. These dudes were the Led Zeppelin of the 90s. Oh, my goodness. Yes, I agree. Wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. Yeah. 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 And at the time, and this is why I think I picked this song and I felt so strongly to pick this song as the first little taster for somebody is I was listening to Soundgarden when that came out already. Like I was already yeah. well into them, right? But the moment I heard that song, I was like, what is this? This is something. It was just it just hooked me for life. Yeah. And it's just so addictive. The chorus feels magnetic. Now there's interplay between the instruments and and then those like little spoony percussion sounds that you sort of hear as well throughout it Uh, makes you sort of connect with the lyrics as well. You know, it's, I love that song. It's it's a fun song and that is not a comment you can make about too many Soundgarden songs in that it's fun because they deal in the dark and the, moody and the mysterious mm. Mm. kind of stuff. But this is about, it's much more quirky and less dark. Yeah. This is about a, a guy on the street in Seattle who plays the spoons yes. um, for, for busking. He busks yes. and plays the spoons and he and they actually got the guy to come in and play some spoon in the solo outro right. part. So that's what all, that, all, those, all those spoony sounds is. It's yes. an actual spoon. I never knew that. I mean, you know me, I don't bother looking up, but I was just like, wow, like they're talking about the spoons and you hear someone playing the spoons. It's just really cool. Yeah, it's and I think that's a thing. It's not too dark. The subject matter is like the, the first point I made was that riff, that riff, oh, that man. opening riff just grabs you by the ears and just shakes your head around, <laughs> and, and you so start jumping with joy. I'm guessing it's on your list. Then it's on my list. Yeah, yeah, it's, of course it's it is. Absolutely, almost. The song changes gears, like it drives yes. hard and it picks up momentum into the chorus, yep. shifts back down for for number two, and then cruises yep. through the breakdown with the spoon solo, mm-hmm. and. I love there's some cowbell in the outro, which just drives. <laughs> just it's not obscene cowbell, but it's no, just, no, no, it no.
say the production on, on a lot of these, the two records, the production sets them apart for what came before. And I like so it true. better than what came afterwards. Yeah, um, yeah, so true. A couple of times when I was younger, I misheard Soundgarden lyrics and I'll bring up the first of some that I'm going to talk about today. Um, In the breakdown, Chris Cornell sings, uh, come on while I get off. Come on while I get off. Come on. And I used to run around singing, come on, whack it off. (laughs) (laughs) I can't imagine that. Oh, yeah. Come on, whack it off. Spoon. (laughs) As As a teenager, I thought that was just gold. That's great. Yeah, yeah. that's hilarious. So, you play someone spoon, man. They get the big groove, the drive, the, yeah. the riffs, the, yeah. the the heavy. The it's great. The they're gonna move their body. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna it's, they're gonna get right in. They're gonna start dancing. Probably. It's so good. It's so yeah. good. Um, yeah, Spoon Man is from Super Unknown, so it was the massive album. And it, it doesn't even. I remember listening to it, and it doesn't even come till later in the album. I think it's the eighth song on the on that album. And I was just like, oh man, this is a great album, great album. And then Spoon Man comes on, and I'm like, whoa! They just they just pulled out all the stops, you yeah. know. And they didn't put it on the second or third track or anything like that. But I reckon it's one of the best tracks on that album. Sure. Oh, I, th- I think so too. It's it's brilliant. Um, you play someone that they're they're right they're right in. What comes next? What do you play next? Well, I chose Outshined next. <laughs> I bet you did too. Did you? Yeah, I've also got Outshined <laughs> on on my on my list. This is um, going to be a short episode. <laughs> well, I, there's going to be a lot of uh, agreement. Just this is the second track on the um, 1991 album, Bad Motor Finger, Outshined. Yep. Why well, would you I chose, pick this one? Well, I chose Spoonman because it's got that hook and it's like an instant hook. Yeah. There's as with the as with our other episodes like this where we're choosing five songs, I had some criteria that I felt that you needed to get the full gamut of what the band is about. Yeah. And I figured you had to have a song with sludgy guitars in it. Oh yeah. Right, you got to yeah. have one that's got that sludgy sound and outshined. It's it's a easily accessible song, but it's got that thick treacle guitar sound. Yeah. And Cornell happens to be a bit lower on his register for that song too. And so it kind of shows a bit more of what they do. It's not him just screaming right up there really high. Yeah. He, but he's just crowing on that song right down kind of in a, on a, a lower kind of area yeah. of his voice. And, man, some of these lyrics, I'm feeling California. Uh, sorry, looking California and feeling Minnesota. Oh, man. So good. Yeah, it, it contains some of my 
that two of my favorite lyrics from Soundgarden, the one you just referenced where he yep. says, um, he just looked in the mirror, things aren't looking so good. I'm mm-hmm. looking California, but I'm feeling Minnesota. I've never been to Minnesota, but I know exactly what he's talking about. Exactly. Like that. Yeah. that is beautiful. Um, and the other one is in the, the second verse where he says, um, someone let the dogs out. They'll show you where the truth is. The grass is always greener where the dogs are shitting. That's such a sound garden take. You know, yeah, the grass fully. is always greener where the dogs are shitting. Like, that's life, yeah. man. Like, yeah. it just well, gets on top exactly. of you. It, yeah. it encompasses that sort of Gen X, depressed kind of yeah. self, self-deprecating kind of sentiment. Yeah. And um, this, But at the same time, there's so, sort of something that's really confident and self-promoting in the delivery of that song. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's really swaggering and oh, that's a good word. confident and just balls out. It's like I'm putting myself out there, but yeah. it's warts and all, baby. It's, yeah. You know, I'm flawed as hell, but here I am in all my glory. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You know? and the and the the, the chorus because it's a, it's a song about losing your confidence and feeling yes. down. You feel like you're yeah. outshined, like you're, yes. you're not like everyone else is better than you. Exactly. And um, in the chorus, he says um, something like, "Till I'm up on my feet again." So it's all like I'm gonna get there, but for, yeah. for now I'm feeling outshine. Yeah. But um, life's a yeah. life's a struggle, baby. Yeah, in my <laughs> leather yeah. pants. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is this the video where he's like oh, shirtless with black shorts and big boots, and he's like in a white room, and there, there's a chain and everything's on fire, yes. and he's just yeah, shaking yeah, yeah. stuff. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Angsty as hell. If, well, I don't think they love that video, but the the song the song is heavy. It's yes. heavy, but yes, not yes, yes. in a but slow. In a, Yes, grinding riff that is just made for nodding your head. Hundred percent. It's like it's like a it's like a, a rocking back and forth kind of kind of yeah. um, heaviness rather than a bash your head kind of like up and down. You know, it's not a head banging heaviness. It's that thick sound that gives that rich heaviness without yeah. it being fast tempo. And it's straight ahead enough for real easy appeal. And there's, yes, but there's enough added elements. To, to keep you coming back and hearing new parts. And I think this is where you start introducing someone to the genius of Kim Thale, the lead yes. guitar player, who is kind of like a sonic wizard who just paints, you know, spells with a, with a Gibson SG or a, or, uh-huh. or a Gibson Les Paul. The, the guitar effects and the are unconventional and the riffs and um, solos that he plays are unconventional. And there's something cool about, and, and sure, the, I reckon there is, like you said, it's really accessible. Yeah. Um, and there is definitely more sort of sonically more challenging songs out there. But yeah. um, coming back to what you were saying about um, his guitar playing, he also doesn't, 
he's not showing off, you know. He's fitting perfectly in the band. He's not trying yeah. to stand out. He's absolutely combining with the band. And he knows when to not do anything, when to, yeah. to when to let his guitar just be quiet for a second while the rest of the band carries through. Um, and that happens a couple of times in this song where he's just not playing a thing and then when it comes back in, you're like, oh, yeah, there's that yep. sound again. Yeah, brilliant. I, I think Outshined is a stunning track. Uh, it's got to be on the list. 100%. All right. Your turn, I reckon. Give, give me one. We'll see if mine's on the next. <sighs> All right. Well, see, I, I include Black Hole Sun, and I've been spending a lot of time with Black Hole Sun thinking about this. Mm. Um, Black Hole Sun, it's not like Creep for Radiohead in that it was an early sound and it's changed it, mm. uh, and they don't like to play it anymore or whatever. Mm. Black Hole Sun is an incredible song. It's interesting Mm. It was the band's biggest hit. Mm. And the things I love about this is that it the verses create so much space for yeah. Chris Cornell's incredible voice to be right out the front. In my eyes, in this pose, in disguise as no one knows, has the face It's just this unique, strange guitar sounds plucking away, or yeah. you know, and then it, it it explodes. It builds. It builds. It builds. It builds, and it explodes in this massive climax. That's true. It does. It does really crescendo hard. Yeah. That's really and, great song. And like most songs, are kind of tension and then release, tension and release. This song uh-huh. kind of is tense all the way through. It kind of is unsettling. Yeah, and, because you know, of the. Like, I think all, because of all that space, and because it sort of doesn't really necessarily feel like it's resolving all the time. Like you get a bit of resolution, but yeah. then it just sort of feels like it leaves you hanging. The subject matter to Black Hole Sun, wipe it clean, yeah, clean yeah. slate, end yeah. it, just get it all done, end it all, come and wash it away, Black Hole Sun, you know. Black hole sun's a weird picture and image to think about uh-huh. a black hole and and a sun just uh-huh. slurping in everything and yeah. sucking it all into nothingness. Yeah. You know, the guitar sounds really unusual. The backing vocals sometimes are shouting like Chris Cornell's in that high register, not falsetto, yeah. but high register. Yeah. And then sometimes it's harmonizing in this beautiful chord. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And the there results is a lot of are a nice harmony. Unusual. It's like mm. unusual tension. I um, agree. So well, I just think the song's long. It's like five or six minutes and it has uh-huh. this it has all these weird elements where they repeat, they just kind of stay on one repetitive riff, outro riff, mm-hmm. and it doesn't resolve when you think it's going to resolve. Uh-huh. Yeah, and there's that incredible like solo that. in the middle. I, I just, I, I revisit it and, I, and I've been reappreciating the genius of it and I think it exposes or someone to the more slower 
song craft of Soundgarden without well, the big riffs and stuff? That was a criteria of mine to have a slower song on there. Yeah. But I didn't choose Black Hole Sun, but Black Hole Sun's got such a great video clip too. Oh, good good point. Isn't that cool? Like that one Super is a, cool. I love that video clip when it came out. It's wild. The digital effects were pretty wild for the 90s too with the big enhanced yeah. smiles and yeah, people yeah, looking yeah. psychotic and uh-huh. the Barbie on the barbecue and the muscle <laughs> man and all the weird stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was like that exaggerated, idealistic kind of thing where everyone's painting on their smiles but like yeah. they're really like messed up inside. Yeah, and then the <laughs> yeah. black hole sun comes and wipes it Washes all away. it all yeah. away. No, yeah. it's, it's great. So why would you not include black hole sun? Well... Well, why don't I answer that by saying what slower song I did pick. Okay. I picked Fell on Black Days. That's also on my list. Is it? Well, I picked that one because it needs some sort of, you know, more ballad sort of a style thing. Yes. But again, I I felt that the the highs of the chorus in this song are huge and you get a lot of it. And it carries its highs and it carries its momentum all the way right to the very last second of the song. So I just felt it was a bit tighter than than Black Hole Sun. I just it felt is. that it a bit more of a clincher for somebody who's never heard Soundgarden before. And there's a lot of different segments in the song to keep it really, really interesting. Yes. And I did I I did have this internal battle. Where I I struggled between these two songs, these two exact two songs, and because there's a consistent chorus, someone mm-hmm. might be even be able to kind of almost sing along upon first listen, sort of thing. Yeah, and it's it's in some ways though it's it's almost a progressive rock song in in a lot of different elements because it does change up so much. Yeah, it'll be hard for me to actually get some nice twenty-second sound bites that really that really yeah. illustrate this when after recording this. But it's gonna. But it's such an interesting song if you're paying attention, but also really easy to access if you just want a casual listen or you've never heard Soundgarden before. Like fun is not a word I use to describe many Soundgarden songs. Beautiful is not a word mm-hmm. I use to describe many Soundgarden songs. Mm-hmm. I describe this as a beautiful song. 100%. The vocals are rich and warm and honeyed and, and treacly. Great example of of Chris Cornell, who is just such a great singer, um, mm. and his his rich, beautiful voice. In a lot of other songs, he uses his upper register and he belts it out. He's got an incredible range, mm-hmm. and in this song, he both gets the lower range. But when he goes up, he uses his falsetto to sort of harmonise and vocalise. Yep. Let this could be my 
beautiful. And I like how the vocals are mixed right out in mm, front of mm, this. Mm. The lyrics too feel like a heartfelt lived experience and again in light of what happened with chris cornell's life you understand there were some internal demons but fell on black days is is you know a song about those darker times that we have and it is a lived experience and the best songs make you feel something and draw you in and this does both of those things i think yep 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 this is also the second song that i have um a mondo green with there is a uh the middle eight or the bridge or whatever he he says um sure don't mind a change and he said, yeah. sure, sure don't mind a change over and over. Uh-huh. And for a long time, I did not know what he said, but I used to sing, sit on my new chairs. So I said, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even sound like it. it don't, don't, when he says, sure don't mind a change, I, yeah. I was like, sit on my new chairs. But <laughs> you'll, we'll play a, rec- a clip of it and you tell me if it sounds like sit on my okay. new chairs. I still sing it now just for fun. Yeah, but that's yeah. great. He's there just going no Shazam, he's just gone no genius shopping lyrics. for some outdoor furniture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some outdoor furniture might make me feel better. Come on over, sit on my new chairs, and I won't be on Black Days anymore, guys. Come on. <laughs> oh, man, that is gold. Okay, um, <laughs> I'm going to hit you with my next one. And yeah, okay. This is my one that I, I debated and debated, and I almost went with only two albums like you. Yeah. But. This is. Uh, let me talk you through why I chose "Loud Love." Oh, okay. This is one of my f- personal favorite uh-huh. Soundgarden songs, but well, it's yeah. from "Louder Than Love," which is the album before "Bad Motor Finger." Yes, yes. tell me. Well, I think the, w- one of the things is it's a bit more conventional in a lot of ways. So, for someone who's uninitiated, particularly uh, you know if they're not necessarily into that co- kind of music already, yeah, it's a pretty easy tantalizing way to to get them into it. You know, there's beautiful harmonizing guitar sounds, and, oh yeah, and how's that way that it starts right with the guitars yes. wailing 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 as you've said on a previous episode and then just somehow blending magically that voice just comes in over the top and you go whoa hang on i'm listening to a voice now what and the sound of that voice Mind-blowing. His yes. voice is mind-blowing in that intro. You think it's a guitar and it's just his, his voice sailing in like an F-18 fighter oh, jet. Oh, man, that is exactly what it's like. It's just it's just pushing its way over the guitars and sailing in. Man, that's a great way of saying it. Mm. it this is, again, just reminds me so much of Led Zeppelin's. Yes, you know? it does. The, the, the That riff. Yeah, that rolling riff that comes yep. along. That's, that's like the the... If this song is a cake, that rolling riff is like the cake part itself, and then Cornell's vocals is the icing. Oh, yeah. Yes. (laughs) I wouldn't call it like a a a layered gatto like some of their work is is later, you know, in Mm. some of those later ones. It's not layered and, and thick and heavy. 
but you know it's it's rich and it's it's raw it's immediate yeah. and then you feed this little tidbit to to the new listener 1989 is when that bloody yeah came yeah and yes. then you think about what else was written and what other sounds were happening in 1989 and you go holy man i cannot get over how cutting edge that was yeah. at the time yeah. you know there's dissonance and there's that, that sludge coming in this is grunge like right up yeah yeah, yeah back in 1989 and it is you know i could be overstating but i reckon that album set the tone for the next decade yeah i love this song and i agree with everything you said the song is vital it's an electric grind of a song the vocal performance is great and the kim thale solo i I think i've called it before like some kind of digital chainsaw it it's just the effects and the what he does with some of the harmonics and that is is brilliant it's really really good They're unconventional. These guys are dark and they're doing something different. They're alternative. Um, and you got to remember, you're right, in 1989, Poison's Unskinny Bop was probably, <laughs> you know, the, 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 the Warrant Cherry Pie. These are the big, yeah. this is the, uh-huh. the hot music of the time. Soundgarden put this out. Like they're doing I something know, different. And it was oh. just by not happenstance or, or I'm going to call it destiny that, that it became yeah. the mainstream on yeah. the back of Nevermind, et cetera. Yeah, um, nice. Yeah, okay. I, yeah, all right. We've, I'm gonna it's going to be, it's gonna be hard to, to choose this. Fi- yeah. It's going to be hard to choose this final five, man. Like I'm <sighs> between between Fell on Black Days and Black Hole Sun, I'm I'm already having doubts about my own decisions. And, oh, dude. <sighs> well, there, yeah, okay. Look, the last song is, I think, one of the greatest songs that they do. And I think well, it showcases. It's mine. <laughs> it showcases. Well, I'll describe and you tell me. Okay. I bet, you know, okay. This is this showcases barely harnessed rage. This is chaos oh, yeah. meets precision. I'm sure that it's this the is same song. all the pistons working in unison with this <laughs> rolling, rambling juggernaut um, with strong lyrical imagery. And that is the track four. Uh-huh. Bad motor finger. Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ pose. pose. Yep. <laughs> I knew it. Just the incredible. moment you started so the, to describe it, I was like, "Yes, this is exactly, exactly." It has to be on the list because Must it's be. challenging, but it's and it's brilliant. But it's showcasing a really important side of Soundgarden, oh, which is yes. th- that barely harnessed chaotic rage. Well, exactly. Yeah, so I've I've got that voice, the high but not falsetto. It's strong and piercing. His range from low in the bridge into the high of the chorus. Um, it, it, you know, of all the songs we've mentioned, this is the most exciting. It is so exciting. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, the the imagery with Jesus Christ pose, you think about the the religious taboo almost um, description, uh-huh. but the use of that imagery of a martyr in a cross with her arms outstretched and likening it to poses of the age, either in, du- uh-huh. in titans of industry or fake prophets or fake yep. religious people or whatever it is, politicians who are just say, look at me, I'm here to serve, but really they're just jerks, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I said it, its relevance relates to a person who who wants to just look like a, a martyr, like you know, in within a friendship or within a, any sort of relationship, and goes, "Look how much I've sacrificed yes. for you," yeah. and with their arms outstretched, "Look at what I've done." Or then perhaps some like a televangelist, maybe, yep. or like yep. profit-driven churches. Yes, um, you know what I mean. Yeah, and so it, it's. Profit, P R O F F I T. Yes, yes. Not the other prophet. Anyway, not the holy whatever. prophet. Yeah, good point. Yeah. yeah. Um, or, or anyone who just claims to be more sincere than they really are. Yeah, I, I agree. So that you know, because it's the Jesus Christ pose, right? Yeah. Not 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 being literally crucified no, or anything like that. No. It's just you're putting on the pose. Yes. You know, you're acting like it without being it. Strong, loaded words. And mm-hmm. it paints a powerful image that uh, you know mothers hated, which made sons love it. Oh yeah, like me. Oh yeah. Well, because because it, it sounds uh, upon a first listen, you might think that it's meant to be sacrilegious or it's yeah. meant to um, be a something that is um, our, about religion, but it's actually not no. about religion. It's about um, somebody pretending to be some sort of faux humble person yep. or something. Yep, totally. Or pretending to surrender. Yeah. Or pretending to be in pain when they're just posing. Yeah. And, you know, track four on that record, it, it lines it up with the first three. And in baseball, the first three batters get on base, the fourth batter steps up and hits the home run. <laughs> this is the track that steps up and hits the home run. It just – it, it, It's incredible. The drumming. I've got to talk about the drumming. Oh, Matt Cameron, yeah. the drummer, is like a mechanical rhythm machine. Incredible. He's one of the most average-looking dudes, unassuming guys. He's just got normal hair and he wears normal stuff. He's not like a rock star-looking guy. But behind the yep. kit, he's an animal. He also plays yep. in Pearl Jam now. So from the late 90s, he is the oh, drummer. Oh, right. Drummer I didn't for, know that. Yep, drummer for Pearl Jam from since the late 90s. Um, I just never got into Pearl Jam. I don't know why. That's another episode. I, I like Pearl Jam. Yeah. Um, the drums are powerfully intricate. Oh, um, yeah. And – it's not a straight-ahead groove. It's just a rumbling, chaotic noise that just works and surges forward. Yeah, it's and an it's, it is a, track. like a deep kind of a rumble that like you said, but then it's mm. contrasted by that howling high vocals yes. right at the top. Like that is a, that is a wail of yeah. a scream. Yeah. It is incredible sound and that comes don't out. Put, don't they put some effect on in the middle eight? It's like a big whirlwind where everything kind of swirls yeah. and sucks. It's obviously yeah. a studio effect, but yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. works. It's, it's you so play this great. to someone who, who, if someone asks you, what's the Soundgarden, play yeah. them this song and 
whether they love it or hate it, they get a real sense of the power and the juggernaut that is Soundgarden, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, oh, for sure. It is, I mean, that thing is just turned up to 11, but then it's also yeah. sort of there's something nostalgic about it too. It's like yeah. you can sort of tell that the, their roots are kind of back to hair metal, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you, you can yeah. sort of hear that, yep. um, but then there's just it's just morphed into something that's beautiful and careless and dirty and yeah. secondhand clothes wearing beast of a song <laughs> you know it's, it's so, so good, good. Uh, and yeah. I, I just really love that that song just is just galloping along that's and, a good word yeah you know it's just it's just chugging like yep. a train straight down the tracks yeah and um again like you said powerful imagery that is layered over the top of this thing yeah and th- and that's my my five is Black Hole Sun, Jesus uh-huh. Christ Pose, Fell uh-huh. on Black Days, Spoon Man, and Outshined. Now, we've agreed on all except for Black Hole Sun. And so instead of Black Hole That's Sun, true. we've got Louder Than Love. Uh, uh, now, just before we kind of settle, I think there's a couple of other things. Like the other aspect that is important in Soundgarden that I debated to include was that slow grinding dirge that they have in songs like my personal favourite, 4th of July. Songs like Mailman or or Limo Wreck with that, where there's that dissonance, that dark Uh dissonance uh and grind and it's uncomfortable sometimes. Oh man, there was a few that I had trouble not choosing, but because I, yeah. I had to pick it down to five, like Rusty Cage. Oh yeah. Well, it, gall- it gallops as well. Rusty Cage gallops, and I'm like, yeah. okay, Jesus Christ pose. Yeah, my wave is yeah. Is a Let me drown. Job. Yeah. Hands all over. Yep. Searching with my good eye closed. Okay, oh. the greatest use of um, those speaking spells ever at the start. You know. What oh the cow yeah, says? totally. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the devil says. <laughs> it's like yeah. yeah. saw them play live only once in 2012 at the Sydney Entertainment Centre and mm. they opened with that song. Oof, and, um, wow. yeah, I, I was like, oh, wow, gr- weird choice. But um, Yeah, it, no, great I choice. I love it. And they closed with 4th of July and I just thought my life was going to end in a wonderful way. It was just chaos. It was brilliant. Wow. But, yeah, it, I, and I, but I think in summary there, the, the dark, dirge, dissonant, grinding, apocalyptic songs are – that's advanced Soundgarden, I think. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, 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 say, I see what you're saying. There's sort of like after that, after the five, when yeah. 
finally chosen. That's what you in, in that's the sixth songs. Oh, you're songs. back for year two of what is a sound garden. <laughs> well, here's the next five. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I, yeah, that's kind of where I'm getting to. Now look, what do you think? Do you put in Black Hole Sun? Did I make it a fair enough case? Do it you- was pre- so I was I was pretty it was pretty compelling. So we've got Spoon Man outshined Jesus Christ pose and fell on black days. Fell on black days, and that we're really choosing between loud love and black hole sun. Yeah. Oh boy, I, I maybe black hole sun because it is maybe just a bit more catchy. Yeah, it's a bit more immediate, but yeah, but I think there's enough difference there. When you turn the prism, it does shine a little different light on the band. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. These are, you know, we've got re- there. Whereas- all- Loud love could be kind of like, you know, you could almost sort of say it's kind of similar to halfway between Spoon Man and Outshined or something. You know, it's like sort of got that same feel, whereas Black Hole Sun is different to all yeah. of those songs. That was what I, what I thought. And it's a good point. The, then when I was left with this and I'm like, we are picking from two albums from a band that had six studio albums and, and some EPs. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, but, I know, but you like feel I, guilty. I did, but like I said at the beginning, these two albums, uh, the songs of these stand so tall that the other songs that are similar, you go, okay, it's like, and you always reference songs from Bad Motor Finger or it's Super true. Unknown. So if you're presenting someone for the first time, this band you've got to go with these strong standing monuments and then yeah. let them explore loud love and, you know, gun and flower and all these other yeah. uh, songs that come later. Um, it's true. That is true. That was my thought. I think that's a pretty, I think that's a pretty solid five to introduce somebody to sound going. It is. You know, and I think you'd probably put black hole sun. If you're going to order them as well, you'd put that one at the end. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you'd introduce yeah. them first to something like Spoon Man to get them hooked, yeah, and then and then right at the end you go. And by the way, they can do this too. I think the order we went in was like Spoon Man outshined, mm. Mm. fell on Black Days, Jesus Christ pose, and, and then, then at the end you finish Black Hole Sun. It, yeah, Black Hole Sun almost has Perfect. elements of all those four, but yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. That's a great. That's a great little list. We're yeah. just making lists. Look at us go. After we um, paid them out a few weeks ago. Oh no. I love a list. I <laughs> yeah, love a right. good I love a good list, Leon, yeah, not a true. bad list. That's true. That's um, true. Which is justified. Me, yeah. Let me hit yeah. you with a fact of the week. Nice. Bad Motor Finger was originally slated to be released on the same day as Nirvana's Nevermind, <gasps> which was the twenty fourth of September nineteen ninety one. What? However, and people will still tell you they were released on the same day. Not true. Because what happened was when the band got the artwork, the sleeves of the vinyl and that back, the uh-huh. print cover, the colouring was a bit too purple. You can look them up on the internet. And right. They were a bit too purple, a bit less striking than they wanted, so they went back to the printers and they pushed the album release date back two weeks and the album actually came out 8th of October. 1991. Whoa, man. Man, something was in the zeitgeist at that point, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. 91. Incredible year. 30, 30 years ago to, uh, at the moment. We are, it is 30 true. years ago. Oh, yep. my goodness. It's almost like exactly 30 years ago. That, what day is it? Yeah, it's like we're a couple of weeks after. There you go. Wow. It's meant to be. Meant to be. <laughs> oh, well, I, listeners, I hope 
you enjoyed that. If you were asking what is a sound garden, I hope you now have an appreciation for that. If you always knew and loved sound garden, let us know if those five accurately capture a tasting plate for a sound garden novice. Um, hit us up on the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can send us an email at supersonicchat at gmail.com. And if you like what you hear and you got a couple of minutes, tell a friend. Just say, hey, give these guys a listen. They're really cool. Or you could give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. That really helps to get our visibility out there to those who have not heard our magnificent thought experiments. There you go. That was another episode of Supersonic Chat. Thank you, Leon. Thank you, listeners. We look forward to your company on the next episode.